This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans. The TalkSport Fan Network is proudly supported by McDelivery, bringing you the food you love. McDelivery brings a top-tier lineup of food right to your door. Have you seen that they've brought the breakfast wrap back? Oh, have they? Yeah, they have. I can't wait to get my hands on one. I don't doubt it, mate. I'm looking forward to trying their cheesy bacon flatbread. Oh, you saw. Order now on the McDonald's app, and you can also get rewards points delivered too. So ordering today means some tasty rewards for tomorrow. Only via the app at participating restaurants. 18 plus, rewards registration required. Points only on menu items. Delivery fee and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. On the block today is Borough's one all draw away at Colchester and Saturday's upcoming FA Cup first round tie with Gateshead. Welcome to Borough Pod. Hello, boys. How are we? That was smooth. Good start, Nate. Bonsoir, Nate. Bonsoir, Patrice. How the devil are you both? <laughs> Happy Halloween. Oh, I, I hate Halloween. So do I. So much. So I hate, <laughs> hate Halloween as much as I hate Christmas. That surprised, that surprises me. I thought you'd be a proper, proper Christmas knob. No, I hate it with a massive passion. It winds, shy, isn't it winds me up. And the best Christmas ever? That one that was locked down. Unbelievable. Yeah, yeah. yeah I, I can't I can't disagree there. Pat will. No, I'm with you on it all. Screw that <laughs> Yes. Yes. It's shy, isn't it? Well, I just changed the name of the podcast to Three Miserable Bleepers. There you go. Save you a job there, Nate. <laughs> the the miserable cast. Ah, ooh, that worked. That worked. Oh, there's, there's, there's a bleep. <laughs> uh, right. Well, uh, let's let's just let's just get into it, shall we? Um, EFL League Two, Colchester one, Borough one. Um, uh, where to begin? Where to begin? Let's let's start with the obvious thing. Keep conceding early at the moment, don't we? Yeah, I spoke to a couple of people about that today. To be fair, and you're right; it was just a, like six minutes. First few minutes, we seemed like we were moving the ball round well. Still using our uh, our longer balls, shall we say? I'm not going to harp on about us being a, a long ball merchant team because I don't think we actually are. But yeah, certainly. Uh, we were we were going at it, and literally the ball just broke, and you could just see the players were nowhere near it on that attack. And yeah, I mean, you can't take the finish away from the lad. It was a uh, no. to 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 nick a cricket pun. It was down the middle, wasn't it? Unbelievable. He just got hold uh, of it. Top 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 right corner, wasn't it? Absolutely net buster. Yeah, um, cracking finish. Fair play. Um, Shame about. Uh, Robert's pretty pathetic attempt at a clearance. Yeah. Just air kicks the ball, didn't he? Yeah. But, you know, it happens. 
The disappointing thing was hearing Steve Evans afterwards saying, oh yeah, I could see in the warm-up they weren't at it. And I tried to get them going and I tried to get them going and we didn't get them going and we were punished because we didn't get going. It's yeah, like, well, yeah. You're a professional outlet. That's not really good enough, is it? Yeah, I mean, in, in his post-match press conference, he said a couple of times, he said that the warm-up was shambles and you could see that in the first 15 minutes and I, I wholeheartedly agree. We we started really slow again. I mean, so the starting slow against Northampton, we don't know how we were going to start. The penalty knocks us for six, so it's, it's difficult and probably unfair to judge that too harshly. Whereas Colchester, we just, they came out and attacked us and we were like, oh, oh, didn't expect that keeps happening he, he, your gaffer also mentioned that the slow that the warm-up against Gillingham away was a sh- was shambolic and uh we suffered for it there it's a um it's it, it's a concerning trend if that's if that's legit I don't really pay much attention to the warm-ups if I'm honest I, but I don't think that I, I don't really know why that should be the case. Like, oh, we've our warm ups crap. Oh, we're gonna start slate. Like, does it necessarily follow? I think, like, I know you have, mate, but I coach football. My my under twelves generally know week after week the warm up for the season. I might tweak a couple of things in there, yeah. but you know, I go through the kind of uh, pulse raiser kind of idea. I nicked one of Burroughs this season for my kids where literally they're about two foot away from each other and one touch I don't ever see them doing anything different at the Lamex so unless our away setup for warm-ups is different to home don't understand how it could be shocking unless he's just talking about intensity but Steve Possibly, Evans yeah. never sees the warm-up at the Lamex Stadium he's always in the change room he's never out there yeah. so unless someone's no. gone in there and gone that he's awesome. not out he's not out there he's not out there away as well he certainly weren't at Gillingham so, yeah, that's a funny one, isn't it? But perhaps it was just the mood or, you know, the general yeah. demeanour of the players. You do know as a player, you know, going out there that yeah. I'm not feeling it today or I just don't feel right. And, uh, yeah, if that's his excuse, that's his excuse, isn't it? Yeah. Um, so, I, I guess, I guess let, let's just strip, strip the game back a little bit. Let's have some stats. So, um Possession-wise, uh, 48% 42% in our favour. Um, pass success rate, 61% to 60% in theirs. Um, which, no, it, it seems it seems bang bang on the sort of the average. What we tend to expect for League 2 teams is about 60% or so. Um, aerials, aerials were 31 apiece. We were proper down the middle in the aerial battle there. Danny Rose, only won three headers all game. That's why we lost. That's why we drew. That's why we didn't win. Because he only got three headers all game. Um, tackles. Um, we put in. We put in fifteen successful tackles to their eleven. Um, we we uh, we dispossessed them successfully ten times uh, to their seven. Uh, shots. Shots. This is the big big stat that really really shows us where where the game went wrong. I think for us, they had five shots. One on target, two off target, two shots were blocked. Teash Biamans had a zero saves, to, well, one save to make all game and he didn't make it. To be fair, like we've already said, it was a belting effort 
so we don't want to take anything away from the, the, the lad that scored it. But Tay was literally troubled once, all game. Uh, us on the other hand, four on target, six off target, and nine shots blocked. We at the woodwork twice. Steve, in his post-match press conference, claims that a defender saved a shot with Bay fans, and he thinks that we were denied a stone waller of a penalty. I didn't see that. I've got no idea what he's talking about, and I watched the game. Yeah, me neither. I can't think of one that was a stone waller. No, I don't think there was. Reese seems to think we could have had four penalties, um, according That's to his Twitter. That's pretty standard, though, isn't it? For Reese or for for us, like, I don't know. For Reese, um, <laughs> possibly, um, but yeah. So um, I thought I thought once we got ourselves on terms, I thought we were much the much the better side. Um, the uh, the way of the the way of the game certainly, you know, if if you look at the way the game ebbed and flowed, they were on top for that first fifteen minutes. We got the goal back, and then from there on in, I think there was only ever going to be one winner. If there was going to be a winner, it was it was going to be us. But the second half was just both teams, both both teams. I don't want to put I don't want to put either team down for the amount of effort that was put in because I think I think it was quite at a it was played at quite a high intensity, but there was such a drop in quality in that second half in the football being played by Stevenage. Colchester probably maintained their level of um, quality from the first from the first half when we were dominating but we were I thought we were rubbish second half what do you think Pat I think my unmute button didn't work um yeah it was it was one of those we grew into the game um and then got increasingly desperate rather than staying patient to the game plan that got us back into the game in the first place. So it got a bit long and a bit scrappy and a bit 50-50 and all just ended up petering out into a draw similar to the Gillingham game, I guess. Yeah, I'm, it just it's one of those ones. Top of the table pretty much versus bottom of the table. One plays better, one plays worse, ends up in a draw. It was that. It really was that simple. I think Colchester have probably played the, the the best football they've played all season with the uh, commentators I was listening to, um, and we were just off, weren't we? I thought it became very open in that second half. It literally looked like it was end to end. But yeah. I also think we just looked tired, and we've said it all season on the podcast of what a small squad we've got, and we can't really shake it up. And that's the worry. You've got Saturday and Tuesday coming up, which I think is a good thing to have two weeks or yeah, two weeks away from the league. But um, you can't really change much up. You've got to stick six or seven out there that have played already. Um, yeah. And you, yeah. I think, I think that we could probably have a, a half decent bet on, on the starting 11. I don't know. Maybe I'm wrong. Maybe a week at the training ground with no game Tuesday, you'd go and slick the same. Well, well, no, you, you, you say no game Tuesday, but we've got a closed door game against the championship side Tuesday. Wow. So uh, I'm really surprised we're uh, we're doing that. Well, Graham Wesley used to do it with Stevenage. He always used to do it. So the idea was to bring the players up on a Saturday, as in high, high peak intensity training, and then also mm-hmm. do it Tuesday. So they're always primed to having two games a week in them. So that's just their natural kind of way. Yeah, I just, I just, I just think I think you're right. I think we look tired. 
mm. drained. I think we need a. I think the players, you know, there there are players whose performances are su- starting to suffer a little bit, and there are yeah. mistakes slipping in, and there are some really tired legs come full time out there. And you're right, we don't have the squad. We don't have the squad depth to relieve that. Yeah. So and we play, not, you know, we play one particular way. We're we're big, strong, physical, which yeah. is great. Um, but sometimes that's not enough, is it? Really, you'll come up against teams that I don't think they were yeah. equally as big, strong, or physical against us. But it just doesn't work against them. And it, it, we just looked. I think one person spoke to the other day, hit the nail on the head by saying it looks stale, and I think it was stale. Yeah. Um, uh, you know, Elliot List probably would have had a great game against them. I know that's that's easy to say because he's not available or not informed, but I think he's the kind of person that would work. I even read on yeah. Borough. Borough chat that someone thinks that Norris and uh, Rose are two similar kind of players. I don't know about that, but yeah, it's just not working, is it? In a minute, and you can't really change it, which is worrying. I don't see the similarities between uh, Rose and Norris all that much. If I'm honest, I think, I think they, I think, I think we do play them in not necessarily the same role, but like a similar kind of role. Yeah. But I think the way they go about things is completely different. Mm. Rose is a lot more energetic. Like you're going to knock the ball up, and you're going to and and Rose is going to Rose is going to be there for the knockdowns for the flick-ons. Yeah. Whereas whereas you play the ball up to Noz, who brings it down and holds it up to lay it off. Like it's a very different style of football. Yeah. I don't think they're all that similar at all. Um, talk about stale. Just very quickly, I've got a little dig to put in on somebody. Frank Nubel, he's pretty stale, isn't he? Rubbish. He was rubbish. He was really poor, wasn't he? Um, yeah. Uh, so in, in, interestingly, actually, you bringing up the uh, the, the strikers. Um, are we are we severely missing a clinical striker, clinical centre forward, or? Is it more that we have a problem with the style of football that we have and the types of chances that we're creating rather than the players that yeah. we've got up there? That's... Like where where do you see where do you see the problem? Because we do not we again we've been saying this on and off f- for since mid August. Mm. Like like we've there's a definite dearth of goals. Um we're creating an awful lot of chances. You know, I think I think this week, possibly possibly the game against Doncaster as well, were the first two in like a month and a half where we've not had above twenty shots in the game. Wow! So you can't say it's a lack of trying, is it? I just the the I watched the, the the whole game on Saturday, and I just don't think going forward it's natural, and I I don't really know what natural is to be honest with you, but. It just seemed a bit forced at times. It it didn't seem there there was no fluidity to it, and it was kind of let's have a go, let's have a go, let's have a go. You know, there wasn't a style of a style of play or many patterns of play that you go. That's a steamage goal, if that makes sense. I don't know. Ironically, the the only two the only two I can think of both in the first half. Well, I was like, that's that's Borough. Dan, we we have we've given credit to the uh, the Colchester goal scorer. Um, we need to give credit to Danny Rose because the amount of power he got on that header, the pullback was good. The pullback was perfect, in fact, for him. But the power he got on that header, you know, he's not in the air. He's 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 set his feet, and as it's come to him, he's absolutely 
funded it off the underside of the bar. Like it's a very, very, very good finish. That and it's exactly what we expect from the bloody salmon. I would, uh, <laughs> I'd rewind that clip five seconds more, and I think the Max Clark ball is an unbelievable ball, by the way. And it's yeah, worth yeah, a great ball that. free to Roberts. Yeah, oh, fantastic. It was. It was. Um. Yeah, I think. I think I. Uh, I think the I think our main problem is that Luke Norris ain't on it up front. I think that I think that's the issue. He's really not at the races, and you know he just scored a couple of belters and got a, got a kick in the face for his for his efforts, and it seems to have set him back six weeks. Understandably, like I'm really not try, I'm really trying not to have a dig at him, like. Like you know, I've I've said I've said several times in the past. You know, I think I think we need to drop him because he ain't at the races. And I know that like continuing on through the adversity is 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 a way of fixing things. But like, how long can we afford to do that? Because I tell you, like we we can't take we can't take performances like Doncaster and Colchester against teams like Orient because we'll get absolutely slaughtered. I said it. I said it before we went away to Bradford and got battered, we were just starting to have a little bit. Of, I thought, we, I thought our performances at that point, we we're just slipping a little bit. We weren't, we weren't scoring a lot. We went, we got, we got a hump in and then it kind of set us back on the right track a little bit. And we, when we had a, we picked up our form, we're just slipping again. And I just think, I just think we look starting to look like if we go against a really good side, we're going to take an absolute hump in soon. Yeah, we've been um, lucky so that, far that the stumble has coincided with a Northampton stumble and a late Orient stumble, so it hasn't affected the league position yeah. yet. But you keep dropping points, you soon drop down this league. Um, it's only a matter of time, isn't it? Well, it depends what the performance levels stay like, but you're right. The, the way the way we're struggling to create clear-cut chances and relying on um, more distance shooting, which sounds like the blocks and the a lack of uh, shots on target indicates that. Yeah. That's, uh, it, it relies on your defence to be really strong. And it has been historically this season, but we started to see the clean sheets drop away and that leads to this, um, you know, dropping points with draws that we've uh, seen the last few away games. Results aside though, if, uh, if we didn't know what the result was this Saturday and then I showed you the table today without knowing the results, you'd be like, wow, that's that's great. That cushion we've now got between us and Northampton. It goes so it goes it can go so quickly, Jay though. That's, oh, yeah. that's the problem. Like it literally it could be gone it could be gone in a week. You know? Oh yeah. But all I'm saying is what we're in a great position. I mean, obviously if we we'd have gone away and belted Colchester, I mean what a gap that'd have been well, that have been eight points clear of uh, Northampton. Is that seven, right? No. Seven. 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 Um, but yeah, that would have been unbelievable. So yeah, like, like you say, we can't afford to slip because there's so many teams around us that will do it. Um, do, do you think, though, this is a question I've, I've been meaning to ask you over the last couple of series, do you think League, League Two is weaker this year, this this season? Yes. Mm. I think the teams that went up Probably, if if the teams that went up last year had been in League One last year, this is convoluted. Stay with me. The teams that went up from League Two last season, 
if they'd have been in League One, none of them would have come down. That's how good they were. Like if you compare the like if you compare the likes of Forest Green last season, uh Port Vale even, uh who else went up? I can't remember now. Um but they're a damn so they're so much but was Brit uh Exeter as well, wasn't it? Yeah. Um they're so much better than the likes of Gillingham, Doncaster, who else come down, AFC Wimbledon. Like a lot of the teams that come down are shambolic. Yeah. Real, real poor. Doncaster, wasn't it? Yeah. Yeah. And I think equally the teams that came up, the uh was it Hot did Hartlepool come up? Hartley uh No, they were there last year, weren't they? Stockport. Stockport and... I'm struggling. I don't know. I know. can't remember. Well, d- n- not memorable. I haven't said a world well or not of that. Stockport were meant to win the league this year. Uh, they're probably still going to by Christmas. Well, they're they're in the... um They're, they're the form team in the EFL at the moment. Stockport. Really? Fifth, wow. uh, fifth, 12 points from the, from the last 15 available. Like 21 goals scored in that time. Nine conceded or something. They're, they're firing at the moment but they were always they were always going to pick it up I, I i thought you know they they i thought it was it was only a matter of time before they kicked on i still, I still don't think they're as good as they think they are but well they had a funny I, funny summer transfer they they got rid of their captain and got them promoted i just i looked at it, i thought that's just peculiar isn't it do you really get rid of someone that was uh but then you don't know the ins and outs is it he might have wanted to stay where he was and i don't know weird but yeah grim grimsby with the other team that come up yeah they can fuck off back down to the league. <laughs> Fishy pricks. Here he is. <laughs> um, I tell you what. I, t- I tell you what. Uh, really strikes me about Evans and his price match press conferences at the moment. It's really refreshing to have a gaffer just sort of says it how it is. Don't stand there blowing smoke up his players' asses when things ain't going too well. I mean, you you listen to like Tisdale. In that absolutely shocking run of run of games he had, and he couldn't like it seemed like he couldn't wait to heap praise on a bunch of losers. Yeah. Do, you know, yeah. do you know what I mean? You'd have Whereas, thought we were like tenth pushing for the playoffs and not right twenty right, second not pushing yeah. to get out of the relegation zone. Yeah, exactly. Whereas now we've got Evans, we're second, and he's like shambles. We've drawn all right, we've drawn to second bottom and the performance of the second half, like we said, is was was pretty woeful. But like generally speaking, like every single week, n- near enough, he's like, Yeah, it's fine. There are things we can work on. We need but, to get yeah. better at this. We need to get better at that. It's just nice, isn't it, to have a to have a gaffer that's just he's not trying to not trying to blow smoke up their asses. Like right, he's been around a block and he for years and years, like sixty Weekend when he the club and Tisdale and Tisdale's been around for fucking donkeys as well. Yeah, but no, they're different standard of manager. Yeah, oh, massively, massively. So you know, I think he knows it's no no point talking absolute waffle because fans see straight through it, don't they? Let's let's be honest. We all we all see an interview occasionally. I think what a load of twaddle that is. Yeah. So you know, he's not going to get anything out of it, is he? He won't. but if, if the warm-up was bad this week, I, I can't wait for him to let rip about Keith not ironing the shirt correctly when we lose next or You know, I'd let, <laughs> let Keith have it. He's, he, he's due, some, uh, due some stick. Well, if, according to the fan base, he can do nothing, nothing, nothing wrong these days, which is interesting because I remember, I remember when he first got made um, 
kit man and he and he abandoned the East Terrace to go over and uh, start working at the club. I, re- I remember the death. Keith is a wanker chance. And what sort of reprobate would abandon the East Terrace to go and have a job? It's just scandals. <laughs> I don't know. I don't have a clue who you could be referencing there, Patrick. Or, but what <laughs> I will caveat that with is fuck off. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I wouldn't. Um, I wouldn't bleep that one out. <laughs> oh no! The only one that's better you bleeped out is <laughs> twice now. Um, <laughs> right. So let, let's let's um, let's move move the chat on to Saturday to this coming Saturday, FA Cup first round proper, Gateshead FC versus Stevenage FC at the imaginatively named Gateshead International Stadium. 3 International. Yeah, I know. <laughs> 3 p.m. kickoff. Um, Gateshead. Let's, let's, uh, I, I've written more notes. I'll stop there to let you two talk, but I've written more notes, so I'm just going to go through them. Gateshead's form one win, two losses, three draws in the last six, six games. Um, that win came as a 2 1 away win at Altrincham in the FA Cup. Their third bottom of the National League with 13 points from 16 games. They've not won in the league since the 24th of September. Do you reckon this is a a welcome distraction for their players? Or do you think it's too much of a distraction where they're with them in a relegation dogfight? And uh, are you expecting fireworks? Are you expecting a uh, a wholly unimpressive 1-0 victory for the Borough? (laughs) Because I almost almost believe it's going to be one or the other. It's either going to be 6-0 or 1-0. I'm expecting it to be pretty gritty, to be honest. It's uh, it's one of those, they got promoted to the National League last season, I think, and they're struggling yeah. with that step up, which is not surprising for a club of their size in a division yeah. of that magnitude. You say you saying it's going to be gritty, the weather forecast is not kind. It's going to be absolutely twatting it down. Yeah, that's a leveller, isn't it? And it's a leveller that doesn't usually lead to really fantastic, expansive goal fest. Let's, uh, let's just take a step back and look at last year's performance in the FA Cup when we went all the way to Yeovil and got tipped out against a pretty poor Yeovil team as well. Um, they're, a lot, they're a lot better than Gates said, though, mate. Oh, I'm, I'm not, not, not doubting whatsoever that, but... I think it's a welcome distraction for Gateshead, to be fair. It's a one-off. It's 90 minutes. It doesn't matter. Um, whereas, you know, league is is the long long game. But, um, so, yeah, I, I see it as a potential banana skin, to be honest with you. Or, like you said, Nate, an absolute routing. And it could be good. <clears throat> like I mentioned earlier on, stick with your starting eleven and go out there and uh, go and yeah. tear, tear them apart. Depends again, though, doesn't it? I mean, where will his focus be on? Will his focus be on Tuesday night? League Cup, Charlton. We're already progressing nicely through that. Get through there if they put a weekend side out, and we could, uh, we could be in with the big boys again. I don't. I wouldn't expect. Uh, I wouldn't expect to see Charlton put a week, a week aside out. If I'm honest, like I, I think it will be, I think it'll be a strong lineup from, from Charlton, which is not what I'm fully, not fully what I'm expecting from the Borough. If I'm honest, this Saturday, I've already done my um, I've already done my team prediction. Let me wow. just get the app. Let me just get the app up and uh, read you the uh, my my predicted team for Saturday. Got eleven out of eleven on Saturday last Saturday, didn't I, boys? Wow, 
Yeah. Good job. Yeah. Which is which is my fourth of the season, which beats last season by four. I didn't get any right last season. Um, so I think we're going to play 4-4-2. I think it's going to be like a diamond 4-4-2, but it's going to be something along the lines of a 4-4-2. I've got Chapman starting. Kane Smith, Dan Sweeney, Terence Van Kooten, Saxon Early. Interesting. Bozzy, Bozzy as a holding midfielder. Then you've got Dean Campbell and Arthur Reed as the two centres. Probably pushed wide, a little slightly wider than a sta- a traditional centre mids in a 4-4-2. Jordan Roberts in behind Jamie Reed and Danny Ray's up top. So I'm going for. I can't see uh, Gilby not starting Saturday because he won't be playing Tuesday. So I think you've got to bring him in. That is quite a good point. Thank to you. Be fair. Yeah. <laughs> you do make them occasionally. Yeah, one one a season. One a season. Uh, so I can't. I, you know, I, I I can't see it to be honest with you, mate. And I think um, Bossy plays. All right, all right, all right. Dump out Gilby then. Uh, no, Gilby putting him in. Uh, Dean Campbell then. Because I think Arthur Reed. I think uh, I think Gateshead away is exactly the type of game Arthur Reed should be playing because he'll have a field day. Yeah. Yeah. He well, should. Sure. He should have a field day. He might not, but he should have a field day in that game. Nice. Good luck, Arthur. <laughs> Pat, you Good must have been to the Gateshead International Stadium with with all of your athletics ties, surely. I've been in the vicinity. I think the closest I've been is probably the Metro Centre. Um, but yeah, it's my mum's neck of the woods. She's from about 20 miles south of there. So uh, yeah, my athletics screen never took me outside of Yorkshire. Fair enough. <laughs> Calling it a career is so, rather grandiose and overstating it as well, to be fair. <laughs> what were you, a high jumper, Pat? 200, 400 long jump. Oh, oh a man, uh, a, a jack of all trades. <laughs> Never got good enough to be anything other than an everything sort of guy. A utility man. Exactly. What were you like you with a starter pistol? <laughs> Mind you, you wouldn't want to go down your neck of the woods in a minute to run round Ridlands, would you? You'd have to leave no. your best watch at home. Yes, it's uh, interesting down there at the moment. <laughs> is, is it? Is it a bit rough down that way at the moment? We have some uh, international visitors within the borough of. Ah, uh, okay. Okay. And they're okay. currently residing uh, on the cycle path next to Ridlands. Right, I, yeah. I, I, I've, I've got you. I've got, yeah. I just, uh, I've got you. Um, okay, so let's have a. Uh, Let's have a look at our predictions for last week. Uh, I said we'd win three 0 Pat and JD both said they we win two 0 So we all get a sweet zero on that. Gates it away. First of all, uh, I'm going to I'm going to start us off here. I'm saying we're going to win one five. What, Patrick? That is ballsy. <laughs> I thought he was going to say something different then, Pat. I think we're going to win. I think we're going to win two 0 took the words right out of my mouth so I can't go with him can I because no. I need to catch up on Pat because he's just yeah. an oracle of predictions he's got he has got a frustrating amount of freeze that is correct I'm going to go with 1-3 Gates said to nice. score first and us then to <laughs> come back and give him a pump in yeah, yeah. I, I do, I do nice. love a game like that um, okay and we'll do Charlton as well uh, I'm going to go a one-two loss. Patrice? Ooh, tricky. 
I like nil your one win. Abs. Nil one win. Ooh. Nil one. So you're Charlton win one nil. Steve needs to win one nil. Is this a oh, result well, on the night? We're at home. Yeah, whatever. All right. Yeah. One yeah, it is result on the night. Yeah. Oh. Extra, extra time and penalties. 2 1. Extra time. Stevenage. Oh. I'm, I'm George. Do you know what? I'm, put, I'm putting. I'm putting AET on that, and if it's 2-1 in normal time, you only get one point. I don't really care. I've just got to try and catch up with Pat, so I might as well just go for it now. I've got oh, do, you know what? do you know what? Do you know what? I won't give you. I won't give you one point if it's if it's 2-1 in normal time. I'll give you. A, I'll give you a bonus point. Uh, you can also have a bonus point if we win on penalties because you said we'll go to extra time. Specific, and I like you a lot. Thanks, mate. No, no problem. No problem. Right. Uh, it's my turn to um to bring to bring uh bring a topic up for uh, extra time and what I've gone for this week um, is I can't hang on let me let me have a look at our chat and and, and remind myself of how I phrased it because I've I've, <laughs> I've I've completely blanked if I'm completely honest with you uh, the best goal that came seemingly came from absolutely nothing so it can be completely against the runner play. It can be a goal that's been, you know, you're not expecting a shot and someone's just had a pop from 45, 50 yards and it's found its way in. I've asked you both to come up with three. So I'm going to start. I'm going to start us here just to give you examples. So and I, I, and I, last minute, I sort of t- decided to turn it into a bit of a game as well because I know how much Jay likes games. Um, so what I'm going to do is I'm going to just I'm going to try and describe the goal without saying the player's name. And I want you to basically tell me who it is. Whole city winger pumps a quickly free, quickly taken free kick from his own half into the top of the net. Guess a Hall City winger. No, from... hang on, hang on, hang on. Sorry, I think I think it was Wigan. It was Wigan. It, hang on, I've got to check it. Out. I've got to check. I it mean, out. it's the the small details that really helped, to be honest with you. <laughs> like yeah. who he played for? Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, we're not going with much, are we? Uh, <laughs> Wigan. Sorry, it was Wigan versus Stoke. I I said old because I could see it in my head, and the the uh, Wigan away kit was orange, which is why I went with Hull. But no, it was Wigan. Can you tell me you scored it? First of all, do you, do, you, do you know the goal? Can you can you picture the goal I'm talking about? Not in the slightest. Hmm. But I can guess a Wigan winger. I haven't got an ear yeah. either. I'm going to go Aidan McGeady. <laughs> That's a great shout because he did score some absolute blinders, didn't he? He did. Uh, Drackers, I'm going to take it. You've not got a Scooby. Mate, this Halloween, there's trick or treaters at my front door. My neurotic dog is going absolutely mental in the bedroom because he wants to go and see all these kids. I, I haven't got a clue, and I'm <laughs> muting my mic again. <laughs> uh, it was Maynor Figueroa. Ooh. Do you not remember it? It stands out to me as a proper, proper, like, memorable goal. It's come from nowhere, like... the a Stoke, Stoke defender just trips up one of um, Figueroa's teammates and out of nowhere, literally, he hand on the ball, takes a step back and just hammers it straight over the goalkeeper and in. It's a beautiful finish. Have you got the year of it handy? 
out of interest. Uh, as it happens, uh, I might do. Because this is bearing uh, in mind, I can barely remember last week, and you're asking me to remember a goal from 2010 or whatever it was. I think it was 2013. Yeah, okay. Nine years ago, can I remember a goal from Wigan? Mm, no. It might not have. It might have been further back than that, to be fair. But yeah. Um, right, Jay, go on. Give us, give us one of yours. Let Let me take you back to uh, 1991. All right, mate. I was three years old. I'm not going to remember this. Well, <laughs> I did wonder, you know, if we're playing a game now, I'm trying after points. <laughs> go on, go on. Sorry, I interrupted and it sounded like you were winding a right old yarn. Go on. Right back, legendary right back, picks the ball up in his own arm, turns around, 45-yard delicate chip over the keeper and into the goal against Coventry. It's going to be an Arsenal player, isn't it? It was. Uh, 91. If it helps, I went random on this. He lobbed David Seaman. Was Seaman Palace before Arsenal? Who did he play for? Well, he said the goal was against Coventry, so we've got... I didn't say that. Did you not? No, I didn't, know. Sorry, I'm making up clues. I I think... I'm pretty sure he did, you know. We got it. I don't know. Is it? I don't know. Lee Dixon. Absolutely, and it was an own goal. Came out of absolutely oh! nothing. Got it. Nice spin on the game. I like it. <laughs> he literally picked the ball up, span 180 degrees. Spunky was off his line, and he's just curled this delicate chip straight over him. Unbelievable! Unbelievable! That, that is superb. And that is the perfect, perfect, perfect example of what I was after. Go on. Um, Patrick? Oh, well, this goal happened in the 2004-2005 season when I was living in Loughborough and visiting grounds around the East Midlands area. The ball was uh, hopefully lobbed about 40 yards from right to left from a right back to a slightly out of shape, left midfielder who never looked like doing very much. He brought it under his spell with his left foot beautifully, flicked it out of his feet, pushed it ahead of him about five yards. No one closed him down. He had about five men around him and he just lolloped it into the top corner from absolutely nothing. It was a beautiful goal and absolutely his trademark of looking like nothing and then conjuring up greatness. It sounds like Lee Trundle. Right genre, but he didn't play because he, 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 he was he was one of them when he when he was at uh, when he was at Swansea where the ball would just be the ball would be lumped up to him. He he, he reminded me of Letizia, where there was n- absolutely nothing on. He'd pull some absolute magic out and then oh. lob a keeper from thirty yards. Remember that free kick for Southampton where they chipped it yeah. up, absolutely creamed it. Mind Filthy. you, you could probably name every Tony Eboa goal for Leeds as well as the best <laughs> goals ever with those oh. absolute firecrackers. I, I, lo- I, love, I love the myth that Tony Eboa never scored a goal that didn't come off the underside of the bar. Um, <laughs> what were the, what was, who did he play for, Pat? It was uh, Nottingham Forest. Forest. Oh, I, I ain't got a clue. I ain't got a clue who it is. Uh, oh, no, I have. Uh uh, I can see him. Sh- short and Irish. Yes. 
Yeah. Um, Currently coaching uh, Kansas City. Uh, oh, well, I've got it from that. <laughs> Said no one ever. Uh, I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna get it. I know exactly who it is, but I can't remember his name. Um, gone. Snow. No, it's Forrest. Short, short, chunky Irish black. I know. I, I can see him. Um, I he's mean, basically it's... Forrest Ben Kennedy for about a decade. Go on, tell us. It was the uh, mercurial Andy Reid. Andy Reid. Do you know what? I said Andy Reid two or three times in my head and I was like, no, I'm not sure that's his name. That is his name. <sighs> Andy Reid. Yeah, he, he, was, he, was, he was another one that, like, like Letitia is not as good as Letitia, obviously, but like one of these players that just every now and then was an absolute magician. Uh, right, my um, my second goal. Um, Defender receives the bard 35 yards out. 40 yards out even from a from a quickly taken free kick. Absolutely funders it. He's a right back. Funders it. Middle of the goal. Top left corner. Um, everybody, well, not everybody in the ground. Everybody in the ground shouting, shoot, except for me, who's shouting, don't shoot. You've told us this a thousand times. Uh, I know. I know. <laughs> I mean, if this, this is the fifth consecutive podcast we've done where it's been mentioned... <laughs> I mean, I'm going to be honest, right? Before that final clue, I was thinking, this is probably John Arnorisa, isn't it? Well, no, obviously. <laughs> I thought you were going to start talking about John Jensen for Arsenal, the only goal he ever scored for us, which was a thunderbolt. <laughs> Any guesses of it is then? <laughs> Against Macclesfield, yeah, what a finish that is. Go on, Jake, go on. So we visited the 90s. Now I'm going to bring you closer to home. 2009. Sunderland player receives the ball on the edge of the area. Fantastic shot, completely off target, but it still goes in. It's it hits a beach ball. <laughs> I don't remember who scored that. Who is Darren it? Bent. Darren Bent, I think, wasn't it? Against Liverpool. Liverpool. Yeah. It was a Liverpool. It was a Liverpool branded beach ball as well, which makes it even more tasty. I had to watch that again today, and I was laughing my head off because uh, I think it was Brad Friedel in goal for Liverpool. Nah, it was Rayner. Oh, that's that's it. And uh, his hand, his hands were brilliant because you know it's like when you've got a kid in goal who can't play in goal, and they kind of <laughs> they grab the ball and it goes no. <laughs> it was priceless. I love it. It's one. It's one of my favorite favorite goals I've ever seen. And it, <laughs> there's two things that make it impeccable. What? Well, three things. One, the shot was the sh- initial shot was absolutely <laughs> dreadful. Yeah. Uh, it's like it, it'd be difficult to miss the target by more from where he was when he struck the ball. Struck the ball. Mm. Um, the second, the second part is that it was a Liverpool branded beach ball, and the third part is that he shouldn't have stood. Yep. But by the rules, by the laws of the game, the referee should have disallowed it. Who cares? Which is just phenomenal. It's a thing of pure, pure beauty. Yeah. Uh, right. Go on, Pat. All right. Here we go. Leeds United, right centre back, lumps it 60 yards forwards. It's flicked on, but hooked clear by a Wimbledon centre back, more up than out, headed back in by um, a Leeds United midfielder. Headed away, and then an on-rushing attacking midfielder for Leeds United brings it down in his thigh. 
skins a guy with his left foot, tucks it inside, and then bangs it from 25 yards into the top corner from absolutely nothing. And unusually for him, it doesn't hit the inside of the bar. <laughs> I tell you what, I hope Steve Watkins isn't listening because he's going to start getting threatened about his job on a Saturday afternoon. Listen to that, Pat. Descriptive and everything. Is it, is it your bower? It was Tony Yeboah, yeah. <laughs> but he, Jay brought it up before I got to do the clue. <laughs> yeah, you probably should have left out there, didn't come off the underside of the bar, because I probably would have guessed for somebody else. Ah, it's impossible well, otherwise. You've got to give the hint. My, my, my third one, it's a Champions League evening. Oh. Under, under the lights. Setting the scene, I love it. What's the weather like? It's a it's it's a it's a brisk it's a it's a chilly evening. Nice. In Milan. Oh, oh. Ball gets pumped to the edge of the area and Manuel Neuer does Manuel Neuer things and comes flying out of his box and hits a diving header completely unnecessarily, but sends it flying into the centre circle. And into Milan player takes a one almighty swing at it and sends it straight into the net from his own centre circle who scored that absolute beauty you've got me international football and anyone that doesn't play for Stevenage and Arsenal pretty much I'm doomed so uh, (laughs) was it Niall Quinn (laughs) absolute hero I'm, I'm not sure he ever played for Inter Milan Chris Kiwomia. <laughs> I think both of them were retired by the time this happened. Chris Kiwomia never retired. He's just I, on I, hiatus. I'm, I'm guessing we don't have any other guesses. <laughs> oh. Oh. No, no, he won't play. Dejan Stankovic. Oh. And he was an up, absolute pearl. Just such a beautiful strike. Just the way... Just oh, just a volley. It's just sensational. Just the way he shapes to hear and everything. It's just, it's if you could, if you could like, if you could get an AI to like, come up with the best way to strike a ball on the volley, it would just show you the Dejan Stankovic volley. It was just sensational. Everything, the shape, the way he hit it, the follow through, absolutely textbook. Perfect. We, uh... Should we take a moment? Maybe you need to go and check yourself, Nate. Make sure you're all okay, because that was a that was a moment of beauty. That description, and we're getting very carried away. Go on, go on, Jack. As your guy. This is my last one. 2015. Ball comes straight down the middle of the pitch, through the midfield, through the defender, and this player is just be quiet, dog. <laughs> casually, I'd say casually slotted it to score. A goal pretty much from one end of the pitch to the other. And I was in Lanzarote. <laughs> really important fact that. Was it in Lanzarote? No. It was against Wickham Wanderers. To be fair, if you watch it again after this, the keeper really did mess up because he was completely caught out as it bounced just before him. And then... is, he, is, he, is he scrambling backwards because he's been caught yeah. with yeah, it was, yeah. Uh, and as Wickham goalkeepers always have, potentially one of the worst football kids ever that you see. <laughs> Traditionally awful. Um, <laughs> so, yeah. Go on, Pat. 
I mean... I'll just spit it out, Pat, for God's sake. We all know. Let's get a move I'm on. Guessing, I'm guessing, guessing with my heart on my head. Was it Chris Beardsley? <laughs> <laughs> oh, well, if you're not going to play the game, I will. It was Jesse Joran and... Yeah. Unbelievable. Didn't even put any power behind it. Go and rewatch it, folks. He just... Yeah, it was, it was, it was, a, it was a, almost a carbon copy of the one Ben Foster got against Stoke, where I think the wind's just taken it, isn't it? Mm. Wind's taken it and it's just gone straight over the goalkeeper and gone in. Yeah. What's I was fuming. I was following it on holiday while sipping <laughs> a, a mild pina colada and uh, couldn't believe it that he scored from his own area and I wasn't there to witness it. There we go. <laughs> go on, Pat. Go on. Give us your last one. Well, I'm going for a home one for the last one as well. So we're 3-1 uh, down at home. Centre midfielder has the ball just to the right of the centre circle in the opposition half. Chips the ball forwards, not particularly threateningly, curling it towards the left-hand edge of the penalty area. A centre-back, somehow, despite his nosebleed, takes the ball down on his thigh and volleys it, loops it over the goalkeeper into the top middle of the goal. It was absolutely beautiful. I think I know who it is. Was it Fraser Franks? It was Fraser Franks, and we miss you, yeah, so that was a beautiful goal. We was. still lost 4-3 to Doncaster, but I floated home because of that goal, whatever. <laughs> it was a cracking finish, wasn't it? It was really good. It was just so good. Never yeah. even touched the ground. No. No, he just absolutely levered it home, didn't he? Uh, well, anyway, that's, uh, that's my extra time bit for the week. It was nice, wasn't it? That was fun. Double the length of the uh, podcast this evening. <laughs> <laughs> what are we talking about? It's added eleven minutes. <laughs> um, Jay, when are you going to do the? Uh, when are you going to change up your uh, goal announcements? I everyone said it was a great idea after you spoke to me and someone else apparently, but I don't look at everyone on Twitter that replied to me. I need to, darling. Um, <laughs> so I put it out there, and everyone was like, "Yeah, great, we love that." But really, let's be honest, it's not down to me to tell everyone. We're going to do it. Start shouting out surnames. The club have got to put it out. You know, yeah. I don't know how you do that. How does that start? I might I just start doing it. But just the first name, like you said, and most people did say to me, "Felt it'd be great." I, th- I think. I think the way you the way you drop it in there and prevent yourself from looking like a twat for trying it when it doesn't come off right is you just do the first time, go like, Luke! Pause. If they if the fans do it, they do it. If they don't, you've got a bit of a dramatic pause and then you've got to really gruffly go, Norris! Wow. And then it's done, isn't it? And I'm going like... to say Freeman. <laughs> no, he, he plays in the wrong, the wrong, the wrong uh, side of the A1, doesn't how, he? How do you... Uh... How do you think I should say Luther James Wilding then? Uh, well, his surname's James Wilding, isn't it? So it probably, probably won't come up, Jay. You'll probably be all right. He'll <laughs> uh, uh, shoot like Nate said earlier on, and I'll be stood there going, "No!" Yeah. <laughs> Go with a twenty-five yard absolute belter, <laughs> Luther. <laughs> Luther. James <laughs> Wilding. That's like it's a WWE afternoon. Bro. But why just do it? It's just make it just yeah. Okay. It's a bit right. more exciting. More exciting than more. Yeah. Just a bit more exciting for golfer Stephen Edge scored by Lever James Wilding. I don't do that like that. I know. I know you don't. I know you don't. 
I uh, I've been pretty poor uh, the last three or four games in actually spotting who scores. <laughs> and I don't know about yourself, but uh, I've got a few apps set up on the phone to go off. But for some reason, the last few games at the club, there is no reception at all in our <laughs> club. So when uh, Robbo scored the other week at home, I'm literally stood there and I'm like, I don't know who scored that. I think it was uh, Jake Taylor. And I could see everyone looking at me thinking, are you going to announce this? With that, Revs has popped up and he goes out of the bench with, Jake, Jake. It was Robbo. I was like, oh my God. So I, Where do you... Do you sit? Do you sit in your like assigned seat for the entire it entire like when the game's in play, or are you like round near the? It depends. Depends. If my son comes with me to the game, I always do the first half with him, and then up to about seventy-five minutes with him, and then I go down to the tunnel. So it's easy at that part. But if yeah. my son doesn't come with me, I just love the hustle and bustle of the uh, of the uh, tunnel area. I think it's brilliant. I've uh, yeah. been having fun with the chef at the football club now, and he's an absolute fruit basket. Um, and he makes me laugh a lot. Um, <laughs> so, yeah, I'm going to see him in a minute, funnily enough. Um, so, yeah, he's hilarious. So, yeah, I like hanging around there and laughing at Keith when he has to go and get the balls. And uh... <laughs> I've noticed that since you said it. <laughs> yeah, I've right. noticed that. Whenever the ball goes out of play, goes out of the stadium, I have a look and see <laughs> Keith get up immediately and stomp through the tunnel. What you don't do is everyone around the tunnel starts chuckling and shouting out, see you later, Keith. (laughs) It's brilliant. I'm the fucking kit man. Why is this this my job? (laughs) Oh, I was was watching a documentary and there was a a bit about a a football team. Uh, Can't remember which one it is, which is really great when you're trying to describe it. But basically, there was a guy that was employed who sat in the dugout for years and every time the ball went over the stand, he had to pick the boat up. It was like a reed boat. Walk down the side of the pitch, put the reed boat into the uh, river and uh, paddle out and get the ball. Brilliant. <laughs> that <laughs> is class. I want that job. And to be Drag, fair, we might need to see that. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's, let's, let's wrap things up. Cheers, boys. Pleasure as oh, always. It's been, it's been a lovely emotional... Hours spent with you both. Thank you so much. I, I think this might be one of our best episodes. Just saying. I'll listen back to it later and I'll be like, that was shit. But like, feeling right now, I feel that's good. Well, I mean, it's, it's yeah. definitely better when we're awake, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. Yeah, a little bit. Right. right. Anyway, thank you, everyone. I look forward to uh, look forward to the uh, game against Gateshead this Saturday, and uh, I don't know up the borough. Rossinho, passing from midfield, it's Rossinho! Well, if that is the goal to win the promotion, it's certainly worthy of it! An old tracker, an old Trafford cracker in front of the Stratford end! What do you reckon the player's favourite McDonald's is? Sweeney screams fillet of fish to me. I can see that. I reckon TVC loves a McFlurry because they're smooth as silk like his first touch. Do you reckon Macca loves a Macca's? I mean, obviously. Just look at his cheeky face. And Revs definitely takes down a McNuggets share box on his bill. You want to watch what you say about our team's nutritionist? Order McDelivery now from the McDonald's app. 
at participating restaurants, 18 plus, serving times, delivery fee, and terms apply. See mcdonalds.com. This podcast is proud to be part of the TalkSport Fan Network. TalkSport. Powered by fans.